0: SPHERICAL COW
1: Hello there and welcome back to Spherical Cow This week's episode is the last part of our mini-series all about the history of light, the birth of quantum mechanics and particle wave duality Yes, we have finally reached the particle wave
0: duality um, stage of our journey Um, So Olivia, take it away Thanks, Naina. So I'm going to talk about the double slit experiment again. Um, Now, by the early 1900s, there was this big debate over whether light was a particle or whether light was a wave. And confusion was growing because there was evidence to support both sides, as we've hopefully shown you over the past few episodes. Um, And now, one of the experiments that seemed to support the argument for light as a wave was the double slit experiment, as Naina described two episodes ago. Um, this type of experiment was first performed using sunlight by Thomas Young in 1801. And he believed that the double-slit experiment demonstrated that light, um, demonstrated the wave, that the wave theory of light was correct. However, and this is a twist, um, we now know that the double-slit experiment, the kind of modern version of the double-slit uh, experiment, demonstrates that light can in fact show behavior characteristic of both waves and particles. So this double set experiment um, can now demonstrate that sometimes light behaves like a particle and sometimes it behaves like a wave. Oh, that sounds so cool. I'm looking forward to seeing this twist. (laughs) Yeah, it's very kind of, it's a bit mind-boggling. So Naina, you told us last time that Young used the sun as part of his um, experimental apparatus. Um, but what is the more modern experimental setup of the double slit experiment? Um, so if you picture in your mind's eye first of all you'd have a source of photons and this source would kind of shoot a, a beam of photons towards a metal plate um, and this metal plate has two slits in it or two holes so that the photons can get through by passing through the slits. then on the other side of the of the metal plate with the two slits you have this screen which displays where a photon hits the screen. Um, and each individual photon is always found to be absorbed at the screen at, at discrete points. And um, each photon hits the screen with a definite position. Um, so that's, that's what the experiment looks like these days. Um, so what are the results of the experiment? Was very, I was literally just going to get onto that. <laughs> so what are the results of the experiment? Why are they so wacky? How can they show that light like can behave both like a particle sometimes and a wave. Well, um, let's start. So imagine just one of the slits are open. Let's call this slit number one. So slit number two is closed, but slit number one is kind of available for the photons to go through. You shoot the photons through that slit, and the pattern formed on the screen is simply just a strip of lots of dots kind of almost directly aligned with the shape of the slit itself so the photons have just passed straight through the slit and hit the screen directly behind it with maybe a few photons like tapping the side of the slit causing them to kind of rebound a little bit but basically it's as you'd expect they've just gone straight through and hit the screen in a nice kind of neat band. They're being very well behaved. <laughs> <laughs> very well behaved, that's, that's true. Um, so now let's close up slit number one and open slit number two and do the same thing again. And again, As you'd expect, the same thing happens. The screen displays a strip where all the photons have ended up. Um, Nothing out of the ordinary there. (laughs) Now, let's open both the slits up, so both uh, slit number one and slit number two are kind of available. And you shoot loads of photons through the slits. And the result is an interference pattern on the screen. And again, this is what you'd expect. Um, For all waves, in fact, whether they're light waves, or, or water waves, or sound waves, and because, uh, as Naina, you explained to us last time, the bright bands in an interference pattern are found where the crest of the wave from one slit adds to the crest of the wave from another slit. So that's constructive interference. Um, and the dark bands of this interference pattern formed are found where the crest of the wave from one slit um, cancels with the trough of a wave from the other slit. So, okay. Um, so this is all sounding pretty normal at the moment. Yeah, exactly. It, it's kind of... It's okay, it's as you'd expect. (laughs) You get bands behind each slit when just one slit is open, and an interference pattern when both slits are open, because the photons are interacting with each other. Now, we're going to get on to the weird bit. So, both uh, slit number one and slit number two are open. Okay. The weird thing is, well, the amazing thing is, that the interference pattern is formed even if you fire photons one by one. What? Like, what i know right so even if you fired photons um one photon recorded where it hits then kind of wiped to the screen clean um and fired a separate photon uh, photon (laughs) and superimposed all the images on top of each other the um interference pattern is still formed so even when the photons have no chance of interfering with um with each other an interference pattern is formed so strangely each individual photon seems to contribute one dot to an overall pattern that looks like the interference pattern of a wave. So what is going on there? Um, Well, you might think, perhaps, could it be that somehow each photon, like, comes out of the gun, splits, passes through both slits at once, interferes with itself um, to produce this wave, and then suddenly, like, joins together to hit the screen at a single localised point. That seems like- That sounds crazy. (laughs) I know, to be fair, I thought that was like quite a logical idea. I don't know. Like, I don't know, just the thought of a particle like shooting out the gun, spitting, interfering with itself, creating a wave and then joining up again (laughs) to hit the screen. I don't know. Um, Anyway, so if you were gonna explore that idea, um, if you did think that was a kind of logical next step, well, In order to test that, you'd need to detect which slit each photon goes through to see if actually does it go through both at the same time or does it just go through one. So you'd need a detector to see where the photon was going in order to kind of um, see what was happening. Yeah, to test if this theory was correct, right? Exactly. Um, So you'd need to put kind of like a mini spy camera camera next to each slit, um, fire a photon, record where it passes through, because you've got your little spy camera, so you you know now, Um, record where it hits the screen, reset the apparatus and do that all again, loads and loads of times. And you think, brilliant, I now know which which slit each photon has gone through, except on the display screen, instead of an interference pattern, it's just gonna show two strips. However, if you turn the detector off and repeat it all again, you get an interference pattern turn on your spy cameras, turn on your detector, and suddenly you just get two strips again. What? I know, this just is completely, like, whack to me. Um, So it seems somehow the very act of looking, of spying on the photons, makes them travel like well-behaved little particles one by one. It's as if they kind of knew you were spying on them, so they decided not to be caught in the act of any, like, mad quantum shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) So... Let me just repeat that again, because I just think it's so crazy. If you were to have a spot, like a detector which would tell you which slit each photon went through, the display screen would show you two strips. That's the pattern you'd get. Turn off the detector, and you get an interference pattern. So it seems like the very act of, like, observation. into... The, yeah, observation changes how the whole system behaves. And I think that's just demonstrates these kind of paradoxes and and, and mysteries of of the quantum world. Um, And actually, the fact that photons seem to switch up their behavior when being spied on is actually a manifestation of Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, which is another kind of core pillar um, of quantum mechanics. And Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, hopefully we'll cover this in more detail in a future episode, but basically, it states that it's not possible to precisely measure both the position of a photon, i.e. which of the two slits it's gone through, um, and the momentum of a photon, which is represented by the interference pattern. So it's impossible to know those two things at the same time. Not because we don't have the technology, not because we don't have like sneaky, subtle enough detectors, um, but because that's just the inherent nature of these particles, they're they're sneaky and and slippery and weird and confusing. Oh, this all sounds so crazy. I know it's like it's a crazy look they're having, crazy crazy time down on the micro scales. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the fact that an interference um, pattern emerges when these electrons are allowed to build up one by one demonstrates. Oh, the... I think you meant photons, right? We're talking oh, yes. about photons yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, So many words, I get confused. Um, So the fact that an interference pattern emerges when these photons um, are allowed to build up one by one, um, what this demonstrates is the, um, it demonstrates the wave-particle duality of photons. So it demonstrates that they, this kind of, this this duality that these photons have Um, and more importantly it displays the fundamentally probabilistic, that's a hard word to say, (laughs) the fundamentally probabilistic nature of quantum mechanical phenomena and that's quite um, a chunky statement so I'll try and uh, flesh it out a little bit. So basically what I'm trying to say is that each particle is measured as a single pulse at a single position when it hits the, uh, when it hits the screen at the end, um, and that's very particle-like, right? Um, however, this wave-like interference pattern that emerges is called a photon wave, um, and this photon wave doesn't tell us where a photon um, will be found, only where a photon may be found, so photon waves are our probability waves. Um, and there is a high probability of finding a photon where the wave is large so where you've got this um, bright strip and there's a small probability of finding a photon where the wave is small which is why even when photons are fired one by one the wave distribution is formed, this pattern, this interference pattern is formed, because the likelihood of finding of a, of a photon hitting certain areas is greater than others. Wow, that sounds really confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of gets worse, or, or better, depending <laughs> on your point of view. Um, it's not just photons that behave in this weird and wonderful way, but electrons too. Um, so in 1927, two um, physicists, I think they were American, I'm not sure why I said that detail. Anyway, so two physicists called Davison and Germer demonstrated that electrons show the same behaviour as photons in this double-slit experiment. Um, and this was even later extended to atoms and even some molecules, which blows my mind. So some molecules, such as buckyballs, expli- uh, uh, if uh, they don't express it, what do they do? They display. They display this um, wave-particle duality. Wow, that's so cool. I know it's crazy. Buckyballs are actually my second favorite type of fullerene. So what, What's your first favorite type, Olivia? Oh, come on, Naina. It's got to be the nanotubes. They're just so cute. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. I can see it. Get <laughs> me. Okay. Um, and the implications of this is just staggering. If everything. If everything in nature on the really small scale, exhibits this particle wave duality, um, and you can only describe these, these small things in terms of probability waves, then nothing in nature is absolutely certain. We can only talk about how these um, little things um, will probably prob- probably um, probably behave. Um, we cannot predict where a given photon will strike the screen after passing through the double slit only where it may strike the screen, where it's likely to hit the screen according to the probability wave. Um, So that's just a bit mind-boggling and it's mind-boggling because in our everyday experience we only encounter very big things like I can see my my desk and my radiator and my glue stick (laughs) and the probability that Newton's laws will be obeyed by these big objects it's very, very, very nearly certain. I mean, we know what would happen if I chucked my glue stick at your head name. There. There's not much <laughs> uncertainty in that. Yeah, um, but- I, I think that's because if, we, if you
1: remember that formula I mentioned in the previous episode, yeah. the momentum of a photon equals the Planck's constant over the wavelength of a photon. Mm-hmm. You can actually switch that formula around to get the wavelength of a particle is equal to Planck's constant over the momentum of the particle. So we could actually calculate like our wavelength, but because we're such massive particles, if you think about it, if the term below Planck's constant is really, really big, that's gonna mean your wavelength is really, 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 really really tiny. So I think
0: all those quantum mechanical effects kind of disappear. Yes, yeah, that's so true. On the macromolecular scale, we just don't have this probabilistic uncertainty. Um, However, as you've said, that's just, not, that's just not the case for really, really tiny things. Um, and so overall, in conclusion, this double-slit experiment suggests that photons and electrons and lots of other tiny things somehow combine the characteristics Um, Of particles and the characteristics of waves. They combine the two things and whether that makes them like both at the same time or like neither, I'm not so sure. (laughs) Um, However, this experiment also suggests that the very act of observing, of measuring a quantum system has this really profound effect on the system and how it behaves. Wow, that sounds and so yeah. That sounds so crazy. interesting. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I'm guessing people might have had like an inkling that electrons might display wave-like characteristics because um, light displays those particle-like characteristics. But I don't think anyone saw this wave-particle duality like mashup remix
0: coming in. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I, I, I agree with you there. I'm sure some people must have had an idea that perhaps oh. Um, If light can behave like a particle, then maybe electrons behave like waves. Um, However, yeah, you're right, I don't think anyone really saw this duality thing coming. So yeah, photons, electrons and all these tiny things Um, behave like nothing we've seen before. And the reason why it's just so weird is because our everyday experience on the macromolecular scale, as I've said, is inadequate to allow the behavior of the tiny things to seem natural to us, because we just don't experience it. And I think it can be quite hard to accept. When I first heard about this, I was like, what? But
1: how? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure even Richard Feynman, who's actually like a really important um, physicist in quantum mechanics in its like later life in the mid 1900s, he actually said, "If you think you understand quantum mechanics, then you don't." <laughs> I,
0: I don't know. That just makes me feel a bit better about myself yes. if I can't
1: grasp all these ideas. It's
0: quite comforting. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't know who really understands. I mean, we know that it display. We know that photons display. Like particle, particle-like characteristics and wave-like characteristics, but why that is and how that is and what they actually are, I don't know if there's anyone on the planet right now who understands that. Yeah, but I think it's exciting. Yeah,
1: it is really, really exciting. Thanks so much for that, for that, Olivia. That particle, du- um, particle wave duality <laughs> stuff was just really interesting. That
0: was, I think, a Thank great you, way you to are... um, to finish this mini series. Yeah, it, it's certainly really wacky. Um, So, we hope you enjoyed this little mini-series. Yeah, and we'll see you next time for our 10th episode. 10 episodes already. Can't
1: believe it. Yeah, me neither. Well, (laughs) it's goodbye for now from Spherical Cow.
0: Spherical Cow.